Welcome into the Queen City Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cole Goffrey. Today's episode, we will be joined by Matt and the soccer rabbi from Holding the High Line uh, Colorado Rapids podcast. Go give them guys a uh, go give them guys a listen. They do a fantastic job covering Colorado. Um, very excited to have them on. And yeah, we did get to see that uh, the next opponent in the Open Cup for Charlotte FC will be the Richmond Kickers. And yeah, May 10th or May 11th, we will be traveling up to Richmond to hopefully continue the cup run. Okay, let's hop right into the interview. Let's go, guys. All right, welcome into the Queen City Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cole Goffrey, today. I have two very special guests with me to help preview the upcoming match between Charlotte FC and the Colorado Rapids. I have Matt Pollard and Soccer Rabbi. How are y'all doing? Good. How are you, Cole? Wonderful. I appreciate you guys coming on, uh, taking the time so we can kind of talk about what's what's about to come this coming weekend. Um, go check the go check them guys out. Yeah, go ahead and plug yourself. Y'all's podcast. Matt, uh, I, I this is uh, Soccer Rabbi coming to you, also known as Mark. Um, and we do a podcast called Holding the High Line with Rabbi in Red. You can check it out everywhere you can catch any podcast. We also do a bunch of tweeting. Uh, my handle is soccer underscore rabbi. Matt's is at LWOS Pollard, correct, Matt? At, L- at LWOS Matt Pollard. Uh, and then Matt for the Pollard. podcast on all of our socials, at Rapids 96 Podcast, 96 being the numbers, not the, um, not the words spelled out. Um, and then we also have a sub stack. Mark just dropped his uh, weekly episode of Backpass for uh, any Charlotte FC fans who want to go check that out. All right. Yeah, I really do appreciate you guys coming on again. Like I said, um, we'll just kind of dive right into it um, for the for my listeners who haven't watched a lot of the Rapids. Y'all are out there on the West Coast, kind of. And, you know, a little bit a little bit of uh, nightcaps for us over here on the East Coast. So. Um, yeah, this past weekend played Minnesota, Minnesota United. Um, I actually got to watch, I started watching this game in the 70th minute and it was one to one. And I literally went to the bathroom, checked on something and came back and it was three to one. So what, what, uh, I mean, what, what happened? <laughs> uh, well, clearly you are bad luck for the Rapids and you're not allowed to go to the restroom during the 90 minutes on Saturday. Um, yeah, it, it all kind of fell apart. Uh, it was, you know, the Rapids weren't really in control of the game at any point from a midfield standpoint. They started out really kind of poorly and then they had a really big onslaught from, I'll say, the start of the second half right through the 63rd, the 65th minute. Rabbi, correct me on maybe when that uh, shot from Diego Rubio goes off the post and it was kind of, it was emblematic of this little rivalry that we've had between Colorado and Minnesota. The Rapids beat Minnesota three years or three times last year. The last one being a three, one victory for the PIDs at Minnesota after getting a red card in the first half in that game, but also Minnesota won the most recent playoff game. And now we get to play them again in the open cup where it's really, it's a match of moments and it's about who finishes your chances. And unfortunately one of the, Uh, rather frustrating and toxic narratives around the team fairly or unfairly is that the Rapids are able to create chances other than Diego Rubio nobody's really finishing them and the Rapids defense has not been as watertight Minnesota got two really good chances they buried them Dame St. Clair made a really good save on Diego Rubio Um, Rubio curls that shot in a little bit better Um, Cole maybe you're turning on a 2-1 game that the Rapids comfortably win 2-1 yeah 
Yeah, I'll just add, Cole, that math says that the Colorado Rapids and Minnesota should have roughly drawn that game two to two, but because the Rapids don't finish their chances at an average level for a major league soccer team, we lost three to one. Um, if you go back another week to our game against uh, FC Dallas, it was almost the identical thing. The Rapids expected goals in that game was something like 2.4. Um, and they only scored one goal and Dallas turned in like 1.4 expected goals and they scored um, three goals. So that game was a little bit more about bad luck. But if you if you have quote unquote bad luck at finishing week after week after week, it's not bad luck. It's bad finishing. Right. It means you can't hit the broad side of a boat. And so that's a little bit what's going on. But um We've, we've known that that was going to be a problem. Uh, we don't have strong strikers. We didn't spend a lot of money on great strikers in the offseason. And what that means is we're going to have to do something else. It means we're going to have to either become a better possession team. We're going to have to deny opponents good chances, keep them outside of the 18-yard box, um, or we're just going to have to be absolutely defensively you know, stalwart from week to week. And those are our options at this point. Um, because right now we're in something of a tailspin. We've had four games without a win. Um, that's two losses in a row preceding that with two draws. Yeah. They are sitting in 10th place in the West right now. Um, but I mean, honestly, the, and again, forgive me, I have not watched a lot of rapid soccer. Um, I'll be honest, but, uh, what I do know about the Rapids is Diego Rubio. Um, I, I know how I, I have seen many, many highlights of Diego Rubio, so what would Charlotte need to do to contain him? Because he has scored in the last two, and he's, he's got four overall this season. Well, I'll go first, Matt, and, and then I'll kick it to you. It starts one step before Diego Rubio. Um, there are two players that the Rapids use over and over again to get the ball into dangerous spots from wide places. And that's a thing that you'll pretty much see the Rapids do almost every attack, which is They'll kind of start semi-centrally. By the time they get to the central circle, they'll spray it wide, and then they'll try to either run down the sides and cut it back, or they'll try to get to the end line and cut it back. Um, the most, most, most successful thing they'll try to do is earn themselves a set piece, um, and that kind of brings it in. The two guys who are most important to stopping Diego Rubio are Jack Price, who um, is our kind of uh, set piece king, uh, and in addition to him in kind of open play, our left back, our left wing back, Lucas Estevez, who's been bringing up the ball a lot, um, and bending in the early crosses or kind of dribbling in and drawing defenders and then kicking the ball to Diego Rubio. Um, that's been really, really important. Uh, so, um, you can, you can try and lock down Diego Rubio, but you're probably better off locking down the man before the man. Okay. Yeah, and the the other thing that I'll add, Cole, is that none mm -hmm. of Diego Rubio Rubio does a lot of things really good. Like he's really he's a six or a seven at a bunch of stuff. There's nothing he really does at an elite level at a nine or a ten, other than maybe I would say pressing and then maybe getting in the opponent's head slash flopping and trying to earn fouls, which is <laughs> which is you know various levels of success depending on the MLS referee and how good VAR is sure. on that particular night. But, you know, he doesn't have like a distinct in terms of 
what he tried to what he tries to do that is so consistent. You know, if I compare it to him to other strikers in the Eastern Conference, Ola Kamara is relatively one-dimensional. Joseph Martinez, there's two or three things that he does really well. Rubio presses well. He's decent in transition. He can be fox, he can be a fox in the box. Somehow, despite only being like 5'10, he's actually decent in the air on set pieces and also from the run of play. So there's not a one-trick pony to stopping him. At the same time, he is a jack of all trades and a master of none. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's been one of my concerns because specifically Charlotte gets beat. They, well, Miguel and Hill Ramirez, the head coach of Charlotte, he likes to play very narrow defensively. Uh, so he, he gives up that space on the outside, which really hurt them this past weekend uh, against New England. And that that's my concern. What you were talking about a second ago is, you know, y'all getting down the sides and, and crossing it in because it seemed like New England had 200 crosses on us. And um, so that, that is one of my big concerns. Another big concern I have is Charlotte's coming off of a midweek uh, match in the Open Cup for the first time. And not only that, but you you pair that with traveling out to the altitude of Colorado and what and the team that awaits them. What, what does Colorado need to do well in this specific matchup to win the get to get all three points. I think you come at Charlotte and you completely run them in the ground and get them absolutely knackered. You know, I think Cole, not only playing the open cut match, but also having to go 120 yeah. minutes against what I would say was a really spirited Greenville team. Um, I guess one benefit that you had is I think the Charlotte, uh, you know, FC community really experienced the magic of the cup for the first time. And yeah. that was a good experience to have as a club and as a fan base, obviously getting a win, yeah, for sure. but you know, I think, yeah, I think Colorado is going to come out and really try and go at them just like they did against sport in Kansas city and, Atlanta their only two other wins at home in MLS play and really put them under the cosh early I think Jalen Lindsay versus Lucas Estevez is a really um, you know is a medium rare matchup that I think the Rapids are going to try and draw blood early on and I think you just put assault on them and you make them you make Charlotte try to chase the game and you really try to dictate the game in ways that I don't think the Rapids have done very often this season Mark and I were talking earlier on HTHL, I think we recorded it on Tuesday. And we mentioned that, you know, Sporting Kansas City and Atlanta were really the only two games the Rapids maybe controlled the game for the better part of 60 minutes or plus. I would say the Rapids had control for maybe about 20 to 30 minutes against Minnesota. And it's been worse against some other teams. So you're playing an expansion team First time at altitude, something that might be brand new to the coaching staff and everything. How do you deal with that? Uh, historically, MLS teams that play midweek and then have a road game cross conference do really, really horribly well. Uh, this is a result that the Rapids absolutely need. This has to be a win. They're, you know, if Charlotte goes in and plays Seattle or plays LAFC or LA Galaxy, you would expect them to pick up points as well. So this is this is getting three points to keep pace with other Western Conference teams that will have home games against Charlotte. I think you come out, you run them ragged, and if Charlotte's out of gas in the 60th minute, they're right for the taking, even if it's still nil-nil at that point. I'll just add, Cole, that you have to forgive my podcast partner who pretty much says 34 times a year, this is a must-win game. They're all must-win. Matt thinks they're all must He's not wrong in the sense that, like, I talk about must-win games in the final six games of the season as if the first six games of the season were <laughs> equally important mathematically because yeah. he's an engineer and I, I like conjure the spirits of the universe in order to <laughs> No, the last Matt said it really well. The last thing I'll say is this, which goes back, you know, I've been covering the Colorado Rapids for, this is my ninth year. Um, and one thing that we really noticed in the Oscar Pereja years 
and in the um, Pablo Mastroeni years is not only, Matt said it really well when talking about running the opposing team into the ground, but as a, as a watcher, your fans should really pay attention to the following thing. If, um, if Charlotte is up after 75 minutes, then that's a good sign. If the game is is nil nil one one two two, or if you're behind in the 75 minutes, Lord have mercy, go get some sweet tea and lie down for the rest of the night because you ain't coming back. Like it's bad <laughs> news. Because what happens is, um, and and I've heard interviews with players who've literally said this when they've first been at altitude. You know, they say like after 10 or 15 minutes, you your lungs really burn. You have this like feeling like you know, your the cilia on the inside of your throat know that there's not enough oxygen going to them. By the 75th minute, you just aren't running as fast as the other guys. You're not, um, your legs are hurting more than the other guys. Like, it's not fair. Um, it's straight up. And so that's the challenge is that you can win at altitude, but you have to carry a lead into the 75th minute. The way Pablo Mastroeni used to do it was he would grind teams defensively into dust and run, run, run all game. And then nick a goal in the 80th or 85th when the other team was just exhausted and couldn't jump as high anymore. And, and that's how they won. And I'm, I would be afraid for Charlotte in that respect. Yeah. yeah to quote, uh, to quote Diego Rubio's cliches that we get in post-game media availability after the Rapids win a game in which he scores, you know, every game is a final and we just have to play hard. We need to suffer as a team. And then if we suffer and we execute, then we win like today. So, <laughs> yeah, we win yeah, like so today. yes. So, so, uh, so to quote with, uh, Diego Rubio, then, uh, Saturday is of course, Colorado Rapids MLS cup final against Charlotte FC. <laughs> it's the most important game. That's yes. hey, that's the right attitude to have for sure. The the the, the biggest game is the next game. And I mean, that's the rest the right mindset to have, I think. Uh, but yeah, and you know, the I've heard a lot of people definitely in or in the Twitter sphere of Charlotte FC soccer Twitter community, whatever, that you know, well, altitude is just an excuse. This, this is like no, you don't understand. <laughs> like you you truly don't understand. I've been a, a lifelong Atlanta Braves fan and I've watched the Braves go out to play the Rockies and literally heard the same exact sentiment that you just said that, you know, it, it's just different playing out there. It's, you can't catch your breath, you, you, and you don't realize that you're gassed, and you're just gassed. And so, yeah, I don't think – I mean, that along with the culmination, obviously, of the midweek game. And honestly, Charlotte does – Charlotte, they have hard – like, they, they never stop playing. They play to the final whistle – but it's when they get down and they're chasing the game, there's just – there's still a lack of creativity up front. And they just brought in Camille Josviak, who got his debut last night and looked really, really good. Um, but for him to come off of this and go straight into playing full 90 minutes against you guys, I don't see that happening. So my concern is the, the final third and just how – if they do get behind along with the, the uh, altitude, I think it's, it's a recipe for disaster for Charlotte. Um, do I think that Charlotte can go out there and, and get a point at 100%? Um, and I think that's what Miguel needs to do. Miguel is the past few games on the road. He has went for the draw with the exception of the, the revolution game. He's went for the draw and kind of had the, the defensive mindset and only start one up top. And so I'm intrigued to see what kind of lineup he throws out there. Cause it seems like every game he throws out, uh, um, a different line or different, uh, formation rather, and so I'm intrigued to see that. But another thing that 
that I want to get your guys' opinion on. What what would be your key matchup? I know you kind of touched on it a minute ago about Jalen Lindsey, but what what would be uh, y'all's key matchup to watching this game as far as player wise? Um, oh. That would be that would be my way one Cole. If I had to pick another one, I would say uh, I'm a little curious as to what's going to happen in the midfield position because Mark Anthony K and Jack Price got a little bit run over in the second half of that game against Minnesota. So does Max Alves come in? Do we see a slight formation change? Rabbi and I could go down a tactical rabbit hole with you on the uh, three, four, three empty bucket, but whatever happens in terms of the immediate attacking player or pressing player against Brett Veronico, especially since he did come in and have to finish out that game against, um, uh, against Greenville. I think that is the, that is the matchup upon which the foundation of Charlotte's defense is going to rest on other than Jalen Lindsay versus Lucas Estevez on your right Colorado Rapids left. Yeah. Yeah. My guy to watch is always Michael Barrios. He's the most exciting guy the Rapids have. Um, he almost always starts up top on the right as the right wing. Um, they've been using him off the bench a little bit more this year, uh, which is interesting. He's a 31 year old player, formerly of FC Dallas. He had some amazing years under the aforementioned uh, Oscar Pereja with Dallas when they won Open Cup. And um, did they do a double, Matt? I think they did a double in 2016. Yeah, they, won the, they won the Supporter Shield. Supporter Shield, but not MLS Cup that year, right? Yeah. Um, Dallas hasn't won MLS Cup on like a certain <laughs> MLS team. Yeah. So they're, they're, he's just super fun to watch. Um, and, you know, you all, you, me and Matt have seen it like a hundred times over the last two seasons. The Rapids will bring up the ball uh, center at the center back position, or they'll switch it to Estevez or to uh, Jack Price. And then the defense will shift in their direction. And then they'll, one of the two of those guys will hit a long diagonal to the right side because whoever's your left back will have fallen asleep for a, a hot second. And suddenly Michael Barrios is sprinting on goal. He feathers down this perfect ball with his foot and then he's in on the corner and you're like, holy crap, where'd he come from? You know, like um, he'll do that. And it's uh, it's pretty magic when he does it, even when he doesn't convert. Um, he stretches the field in ways that exhaust the opponent. Um, he he draws guys to his side. Um, he keeps people awake. He's a lot of fun. Uh, although since you're a Charlotte fan, he's probably not a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look out for a look out for a bleached mohawk bowling ball running across your screen <laughs> at Christian Fuchs, and that's Diego that Diego Rubio. That's that's uh, Michael Barrios on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, so one thing I always ask all my guests before they get out of here um, is predictions. Um, just a simple, you know, quick prediction: who you think wins and who and why. Well, I'll start. I, I'm I'm pessimistic. I don't think we've been very good recently, and I don't think we've we fig. I don't think it's likely that we'll have sorted everything out. So I feel like a one-one draw. It feels uh, uh, imminent for us. Um, and and I don't think I do think it will be. You know, I've been watching a lot of Open Cup this past week. I'm sure both of us have. Um, all three of us have, and um, a lot of open cup is end to end chaos, you know, just total, you know, mayhem as, as teams just try to, you know, like sprint to the end line and whatever. And I don't think it's going to be that. I think this game is going to be a little bit locked down, a little bit slow. Um, teams are going to, uh, I wouldn't say bunker, but they're going to settle in on their ends um, and try and prevent anything nasty from happening on the counterattack. 
Um, I'll, I'll stick with the prediction that I had on HTHL earlier this week. I've got a 2-0 Rapids win. I think the fact that Charlotte played and then had to go 120 minutes um, against Greenville uh, makes me even more emphatic with that. I think the Rapids get a set-piece goal to open the scoring, and then I think it'll be something in transition with Barrios coming off the bench with Charlotte trying to push numbers forward and just being completely gassed. So the Rapids win 2-0, but second goal will effectively be a garbage goal. So uh, Cole, you mentioned being uh, an Atlanta Braves fan. So I guess uh, I can make a, a baseball analogy of, you know, saying a team being, you know, up in the top of the ninth inning and then, uh, you know, and then just scoring a couple uh, insurance runs yeah. to then see it out uh, for the closer in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my official prediction, I always do on these as well. And so Charlotte has not registered a point away from home this entire season. Um, obviously, they won last night in Greenville in the MLS. They have yet to get a point. Um, and not only that, but the things we've mentioned as far as them playing the midweek game, going into extra time, having to use their starters for 20 to 30 minutes, um, and then the altitude. And, again, Colorado is hungry, and they, they want this win. So, I, I'm going to go with a 2-0 loss as well um, for Charlotte. And, honestly, the only reason I go with that is more more so than anything. I have to see. I have to see you do it. I haven't seen you get a point away from home this season. I have to see you do it before I can pick you. I mean, I just you know I don't think that. I think there's something to it. Um, I think they're still learning. They're still gelling. That's the biggest thing with the expansion side is consistency, and you know that. So we'll just have to see. But I, I that's I'm gonna go with a two nil draw or a two nil loss as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for uh, I really do appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, again. This is Matt and Soccer Rabbi uh, for uh, uh, for Cole and the Queen City Soccer Show. We're going to be signing off. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a good day.